Thank you for listening to the weekly message from First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. We're going to continue into that Joshua series that we're in, and I was over there about two minutes ago, and I was like, I'm going to take my glasses off and rub my eyes, and I went, I don't have my glasses on. (laughs) So I didn't have enough time to run to my office and get them. They were laying right on my desk, and... uh, so y'all be with me and bear with me while I uh, try to get through this. Uh, I think I can see it, but it may hop a little bit. So if I say a word that's not in there, just, just keep going, okay? Uh, but we're going to look today at Matthew 7, 7. You can go there, uh, put your finger there. Uh, that is the verse today. We're looking at the three levels of prayer. And when you talk about the subject of prayer, I'm going to tell you it's wide open, boy. And you're going to see a lot of different things about prayer. And we're going to try to kind of keep it pretty simple and just look at biblical prayer, what the Bible says about prayer. Uh, many years ago, I, uh, I have some always have interesting, not always, but I, I, in the years, I've had some pretty interesting lunches and coffees with people. And so I was with a gentleman one time, and we were talking. And uh, halfway through the coffee, he said, I just, you just need to know something about me. I said, okay. He goes, I think the Bible contradicts itself. And I said, so you think the Bible contradicts itself? He said, yeah. I said, well, can you give me an example? So, well, this prayer stuff. The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. That means don't stop praying, right? I said, right. But then later you read that God knows our need before we ask. So what's the point? I said, what do you mean what's the point? Well, if he already knows ahead of time, why do we need to pray? Don't you think that's a contradiction? I said, well, I'll tell you what. If you ever get to your life, point in your life, where you've got a God, okay, that already, that doesn't know anything, and because he doesn't know anything, he needs you to pray so you can help him figure it out, guess what? You need to pray because you've got a bad God, messed up God. I said, our God is all-knowing. He's all-nipping He is sovereign. Yes, he knows. He knows our needs before we ask. But can I tell you something? Prayer is not about getting our little Christmas list checked off. Prayer is about our heart matching the Father's heart. That's prayer. It is not about us putting out our little list and we determine how good God is and how much he likes us based on how many checks off we got on our list. And so if your friend has more checks on his list, then God must like him better. That is not our God. Our God doesn't have favorites. He doesn't pick and choose who to punish and not to punish. He absolutely loves us. And my friends, when we get an opportunity to pray, it is not that we need to pray because he doesn't know. He doesn't need us to help him. He wants us to pray so that our heart, you are the man. (laughs) The personnel committee saw that, and your raise is looking better next year. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Here's the deal. God wants, now you got me so choked up, I don't even know where I was. No, you can't. But, But God wants us to pray because when we pray, my friends, we, we can go to God in prayer and our heart can match the heart of the Father. What he wants us to do is he wants our heart to match his will because he already knows 
what's going to happen. We don't know. And many times in prayer is he knows what's out there, and he knows that in this state that we're in, we're not ready for that. We're not ready for that. And as we fervently pray about it, he begins to change us to match his will. Or he changes our heart to receive his will. And my friends, if, if you're a person that says, well, I don't need to pray because the Bible says that God knows our needs anyway, so what's the point? Mm, you're missing the point, okay? That's not what it's about. Let's look in your word and let's walk through this. Woo, let's look in the word, all right? Look at uh, Matthew 7. Matthew 7. I'm going to read 7 and 8, but, but we're going to camp in 7. Matthew 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Mm, that's beautiful. And who who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, we know our God's a God that does not what? Break promises. He just promised to you right there. That if you ask, you're going to receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, that door will be open. I want to look at three levels of prayer with you this morning. Number one, the level of pre- presenting a petition. The level of presenting a petition. We see it there in Scripture. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. If we know his will in a matter We are to ask. If we know the will of the Father, we are to ask. You say, wow. (laughs) If we know, we can just ask and we just get. Let me say something. He's not Santa Claus. But what he's saying here is, if you know the Father's will, we ask. How hard is it if you already know to ask? That's not hard. If I know that, 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 that my dad is going to do this for me if I ask, it's not It's not hard to ask, okay? So let me take an example. The Bible says that his desire, he he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us so no one would perish, that everyone who will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we know that the will of the Father is to save us. So when it comes time for him to knock on our heart and we know it's Jesus and we hear him say our name and we cry out to him in prayer and we we pray what we call the sinner's prayer. We, we do that. Why? Because we know the Father's will is to save us. And we know if we pray that prayer, he truly will honor his word and save us. Save us. So when he says, ask and you will receive, that's easy. That one is easy that we just pray and we take it to him and we know he's going to honor that, okay? Because if you ask, you will receive. We've all, I would say, I'm sorry, not all, a crowd this size, I can't say all, but the majority of us in this room prayed that prayer. We ask and he saved us, amen? I mean, when I was 10 years old, okay? Little 10-year-old, I ask and I was saved. He honored my ask. My ask agreed with his will. 
And I was saved supernaturally. You say, well, what, did you see bells and whistles and balloons? No, none of that. None of that. I just knew, man. I just knew. I just knew. Well, what if it was a trick and you prayed and he really didn't save you? God doesn't make tricks. He doesn't lie to me. He loves me. He's not going to trick us. He says, you ask, I'll save you because that's my will. That's my will. Now look at the second level, a little bit deeper. The level of pressing a petition. The level of pressing a petition. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. Look at the statement below there. If we do not know his will, we are to seek. If we do not know his will, we are to seek. Now you say, well, how is that different? Here's how it's different. If you've ever had a situation in your life, maybe it is, um, well, there's a lot of examples. Let's just take job. You don't know which one to do. You don't know whether to take that job or keep the one you got. There's a lot of a lot of great things about that job, but there's a lot of great things about this one. Or maybe you're a high school kid looking for the university to go to. There's a lot of great things about this university and this university and this university, but which one? Or the person to marry, person to date, person to call your friends. All right? Maybe in a marriage, it's tough. You're not on the same page. You're like two ships that pass in a night. Things are rough right now. There's a lot of things taking the place of the intimacy in the marriage, and so we're forgetting about each other. And, and what happens there, communication starts to break down or the lack thereof, okay? No communication is a communication problem, okay? And so a lot of things like that start happening. So you know God's all about your marriage. You know God's all about putting you in the place he wants you as a job. God's all about putting you as a high school student at the right university because he shaped you for a specific university because he has more there than just the school. So what do you do? You know he's all about all that, but you just don't know what his will is. You're to press in. You're to go deeper. You're to seek. See, the first one is just ask. It's his will. You already know it. You ask. Boom, got it. That's easy. But what if you don't know his will? You don't know. My friends, I'm going to tell you, that's when you, when you, when you push even harder. See, you, you do not want to do it. You do not want to pick the career, university, person to date, person to be friends, any of that stuff if you don't know. The worst thing you can do is do something if you don't know you should do it. The worst thing. You say, well, what I've been pressing in, I've been seeking, but I still haven't heard him. Just keep seeking. Because here's what happens. Sometimes it is not our effort that is the issue. Okay? Sometimes it's not the effort of seeking. We're doing the seeking part. But we can't hear him. Okay? Sometimes that's internal. Maybe there's stuff in our life, sin, that is blocking the Holy Spirit and we can't hear him. Or maybe we've heard him, <laughs> but you didn't like that which you heard. See, I used to have some, friend, some students coming to me one time, and they said, I, 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 need, you, I need you to pray. This, this is a high school girl. I need you to pray uh, for my parents. I said, what, what do you want me to pray about for your parents? Well, I need you to pray that they like my boyfriend. 
I said, well, tell me a little bit about your boyfriend. Well, this is my boyfriend. This is what he does. This is, he plays sports. He does this. He's a good guy. He has this car. I said, so is your boyfriend uh, a believer? Does he know the Lord? Is he saved? I don't know. I said, well, yeah, you do. I said, when you go to the grocery store and your mom tells you to buy a banana, you got any trouble with that? No. So what do you do? I just go in and get a banana. Why? Because I know what a banana looks like. There you go. So, is your boyfriend saved? Oh, no. Why? Because when you look at his life, nothing matches up, right? No. No fruit, right? Mm -mm. So here, let me get this straight. You're saved, your parents are saved, and I'm a minister of the gospel, all right? And you want me to pray for your parents that they would change their minds about their daughter who's saved to date a guy who's not saved so her daughter can be under God's will <laughs> and be unequally yoked, which the Bible already has spoken on. So you want me to pray your parents change their mind about that, that God's word's already spoken about. Well, uh, when you put it that way, no. I said, here's the deal. I'm not going to pray about something for you that God's already spoken about. I'm just, I just, I'm just, I love you, but I'm not going to do that. God's word says you do not need to be unequally yoked. Simply this. You're under the yoke of salvation and the Holy Spirit. He's under the yoke of the world and sin. Y'all ain't going to jive because he doesn't have a stop sign in his life. None, zero, there aren't any. And you do, called the Holy Spirit. But guess what? He's not stopping because you're stop sign. So you need, to get your, you need to get out of that relationship now. And you need to go to your mom and dad, and you need to hug their necks and say, thank you for not letting me date him. And I'm proud of you for not getting out from under the umbrella because once you get out from under the umbrella of your mom and dad, whoo, you're in trouble, big-time trouble. So I'm not going to pray for something that God's words already said. Now, she was not real happy with her youth pastor for a long time, okay? But she's real happy today, okay? Because here's the deal, folks. God's word if you look at that scripture there that I wrote down for you, it says Colossians 3.16. Basically, let me read the first part to you. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Some of the reason for the seeking is that you will go a little bit deeper. You see, sometimes it's not the prayer of seeking to know God's will. It's the pressing in to God in his word that he wants. He's not holding out on you, but he wants you to go deeper because this answer and what he wants requires a little more depth and maturity and uh, spiritual depth to you, okay? So if you're praying about friendships that you should make, because these students out here should pray for all of their friends. God, do you want me to have these people in my life as friends? If, if high school kids and college kids aren't praying for their friends, they're in, they need to. Because there's, there's three real easy ways to have a lot of friends, okay? You, you behave like they behave. You don't tell them to stop and don't tell their parents. And you have all the friends you ever wanted, all right? But, but that's not good because you don't need certain friends. You need God's friends for your life. 
And you need to pray about those friends. And when you pray and you don't know God's will, but you know God wants to reveal that to you, when you're praying and you're seeking and you're pressing in, you, he will unpack that for you, but you're going to have to continue to seek. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned that sometimes we stop one prayer from the answer. That we have God on this real short leash, this timetable, and we stop. We say, man, I've done that before. I've prayed. I've seeked. He, he, I still don't know. I quit. This stuff doesn't work. And, but the deal is, we've got to just continue to seek the Father and press a little bit deeper in our prayer. Because when we don't know his will, it's not that he doesn't want us to know it. He wants to get us in a position so that when he unpacks his will, it matches our heart. Matches our heart. Sometimes we don't get what we pray for because we can't be entrusted with it at that point in our life. That's just the bottom line. You say, well, that's pretty unfair to say. No, that's the truth. See, Moses didn't get what he wanted right away either. It took him 40 years for God to get him in the position to get what he asked for. 40 years of walking through the wilderness with God's people. 40 years. And he gets every single evening, he has a tent of tent meetings with God. That tent of tent meetings was to get Moses' heart to match the heart of the Father. So then when they get to the promised land and they stand on the mountain and they look out over the promised land and God says, you see it? Mm-hmm. That's the promised land. Whoo! Been quite a journey, God. I can't wait to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we probably should talk. You're not going. Now, right then, if God's heart and Moses' heart don't match, here's Moses' response. Man, that's wrong. You tell me to lead these people. They whine, they gripe, they complain and bellyache for 40 years, and you get me to the, the promised land, and now you don't want me to go? Now I don't get to go? That's wrong. That's, that's unfair, man. That's wrong. You can't do me that way. I did everything you want me to do, and now you do this to me. That's wrong. Who are you talking to? That's God. Right then on that spot, it's just God and Moses. And Moses dies. He just dies. And God buries him right there. And the word tells us to this day, nobody, nobody knows where Moses is buried. Nobody. Nobody. Why? Because all these people that he led would dig their bones up and make an altar and worship Moses. He never got to go. And you remember his prayer. He prayed that prayer. He said, God, if, you're, if you don't go before us, what's going to distinguish us from all the other people groups in the world? And then God told Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked, bud, because I know you by name. I know you by name. Why did he say that to him? Because he just figured out his name? No. I'll do the very thing you've asked, Moses. Why? Because your heart now matches my heart. And I can trust you. I can trust you. So that when I get on that mountain and I look out over that promised land and I have to tell you all the 40 years that you walk with those whining, grappy people, you're not going to get to go to the promised land. And, and you won't get mad at me because your heart will match my heart. And Moses died and he buried him. Ask yourself this question. Does my heart match the heart 
of the Father. That's what prayer does for us, man. It makes us match his heart. Look at the third level. I got a row. The level of persisting with a petition. The level of persisting with a petition. Knock and it will be open to you. Now here's a toughie. If we know his will, but the answer has not come, we are to knock until the door opens. Now we know his will is to answer his kids, to give, give an answer. When we pray, he answers. There, there's a phrase out there that's very confusing. I know what it means in the church because I grow up in the church. But when you hear it outside the church, I wonder what other people that aren't church folks and lost people, un, that don't, I don't know how they receive it. And here's what the statement is. We'll pray about something, and we will say, if it happens the way we pray, we'll say, whew, God answered that prayer. Answered prayer. Hmm, God answered that prayer. Answered, answered prayer, don't we? I've said that a thousand times. Now, can I just tell you, that's wrong. That, that sentence doesn't match what the word says. God says he answers every prayer, every prayer. Knows, wait, yes, he answers all the prayers. What that really is, is if I pray about something, let's just say that I pray for somebody who has cancer that they get healed. And, and I'm praying and a bunch of other people are praying and I'm praying and praying and praying, and this person gets healed, miraculously healed of cancer. And I say, that's the answer to prayer. What I really need to say, if it lines up biblically, is God said yes. God said yes. Because my prayer matched God's heart. Now, if that person dies and goes to heaven, and I walk away and go, didn't answer my prayer. Didn't answer my prayer. But did he answer my prayer? Yes, he answered my prayer. I asked that that person be healed. I believed with all my might when I was praying in the name of Jesus that he healed that person. And God said, okay, I'll heal him. Heaven. I'll heal him in heaven. I'll give him a new body. I'm going to suffer no more. I got no cancer in heaven. See, I ain't like that answer. Why? Because my heart was wrong. Right. Not my prayer. My heart was wrong. My heart was very selfish. I wanted God's healing as long as it was on earth, as long as I could have more time with that person, and that more, as long as it benefited me. But God said, I heard your prayer, Jeff. I healed him, but I did it my will, not your will be done. My will. See, my prayer has to be, when I knock and knock and knock, I need to knock, persisting, knock, so he'll open. But if the opening is different than I wanted it to be, it doesn't mean he didn't answer my prayer. Brett, you got that last slide? I'm going to throw that up real fast. I'm going to run through these real quick. He always answers. Would you all agree with that? He always answers. Here's how he answers. Direct. He always answers direct. I call that yes. Okay? My dog's sick. I want to pray that my dog gets well. My dog gets well. We're playing catch in the yard. Woo! I'm good with that. Okay? He answers yes. 
We love yes. Everybody like yes? I love yes. Anybody like yes on prayers? I'm all day with yes on prayers. All day long. Now, here's my prayer for the same dog. We're not playing catch. No more Frisbee, okay? Unless I go get it. He says no. 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 I, God, I want, Jeff, I want you to pray for my parents because uh, they need to like my boyfriend and need to let me date him. No. Nope. Nope. Now I knew that. Nope. Why? You don't like me? I love you. That's why I'm not going to pray for you. Because God's word's already spoken on that. Don't need to pray. You're unequally yoked. You get out. It's not missionary dating. You're not going to save the person. You can't save nobody. Jesus can't leave them alone. As long as you're dating them, they're not going to get saved. Okay? Go away. Come back another day. All right? Not going to pray for that. There's times, and I love kids that date. Don't get me wrong. Okay? <laughs> they got date right. Okay? Because I got to marry right. All right? So, so God sometimes just says no. It doesn't make him a bad God. It doesn't make your prayer bad. It doesn't mean I don't know how to pray. Well, God just said, no, I must, be, I must not know how to pray. That's not true, man. Praying is just unpacking your heart. For God just said, no, no. The next thing he answers is delayed or what we know is wait. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm good with yes. And I really understand no. It's not that I like it, but I understand it. This wait stuff is a killer. Anybody in the wait right now? The wait's hard, man. Because here's the weight. Here's American interpretation of the weight. He's going to say no. Isn't that right? Y'all been there? I'm telling you right now, I've done that a thousand times. And I should know better by now. But every time I get in a prayer time and it's a weight, I mean, I hear nothing. It's like, mm. I'm like, dude, I prayed. I know, I answered. I ain't hear nothing. All right? I mean, dead, like calm, like nothing. My first interpretation of that is, he's going to say no. I just know it. He's going to say no. You know what God wants me to do? Press. You know why? Because he knows that I'm really not ready for that yes or that no, whatever it might be. He knows I'm not ready. And so right now, he said, Jeff, I can't give this to you right now because if I gave you the answer, you couldn't handle it. You'd either fumble it at the one, and my name's on it, or you'd get mad at me and hate me for 10 years and rob yourself of a lot of joy in your life. So I want you to wait right here. But here's what I want you to do, Jeff. I don't want you to wait and sit around and go, okay, God, let's go. Let's go. I want you to wait in the word. I want you to wait with your hands lifted high in worship. I want you to wait while you serve me. I want you to wait while you, while you love the person that is hard to love. I want you to wait while you forgive the person you know you should have forgiven 10 years ago. So you're going to stay in this wait, dude, until you're the man that I know you are. And then I will give you the answer. It might be yes, it might be no, but you probably will have a big impact on what that might be. I'm going to tell you right now, Clovis, that is tough, tough spot. Because what we do is, it's been three weeks. Is the wait over? Mm -mm. Thank you. Three weeks to me, <laughs> that ain't much time. Because the day's like a thousand years. I'm like, oh my golly. Oh, I, I can't live that long. Okay, I don't want to see myself at that age. All right? So he's not in a hurry here. But we got him on Taco Bell order at one window to pick up the food at the next. 
And God's like, I am not Taco Bell, okay? I'm not. And so what he wants us to do while we're there, he wants us to seek him. I'm going to tell you right now, there's more. I'm telling you, I have grown more in the wait than I've ever grown in the yes and the no. Just honest testimony. I grew more in the wait than I ever did in the yes and the no. Because we get the yes, we're gone. Boom! We get to know what we do. Nope. Church, God, I'm doing it. No. Wait. I'm digging, man. I'm digging. I'm digging deeper. Last one's this. Different. Mm, that's not much fun either. That's not much fun either. We pray this way. God does this. God, I, I, I know your will is for me to go to college. And I know, God, you made Texas Tech University. It's a great college, and I know it's divinely put there for such a time as this because I'm a senior. And I really know, God, that that's what you want. Well, I'm glad you know all that. Good, because you're going to Oklahoma. Right? <laughs> and that, that's just different. Now, here's a guy, full ride, no bills, Oklahoma, free education, I mean, all this stuff. And what do we do? We don't like it. Don't like it at all. Don't like it at all. Graduate from college, got a degree, got a job right here, boy. I mean, six digit, right out of college, boom. Did you make that place in America? I don't want to live there. I don't like it there. I, I, don't, I know I won't like it there. You ever been there? Nope. I just know I won't like it. Why? Because I heard it's bad. Really? Moses heard that the wilderness is terrible. But he went. He's thankful that he did too. Hey, Jeff and Melissa, y'all going to go to the panhandle? No. Nah, we're good. I like them big old tall pines. I like East Texas. Humidity rains and everything. Doesn't do that out there. You're going. When we told our family, they're like, you guys are crazy. Thank you for the compliment. Love you too. So we went 11 years ago. They, they stopped looking for us to come back home now. I think they got it. We're not coming back, all right? I'm going to tell you something. Best thing we ever did. Best thing we ever did. Best thing. Best thing. 11 years later, still say the same thing. Love it. Now, would I have picked it? I told you two things I know. There's a God and I'm not him, all right? I wouldn't have picked it, all right? I mean, I didn't know what Bushland was when I came 11 years ago with Dickie McCurdy looking at lots. I'm like, nobody out of here. <laughs> they will be. I'm like, what? okay, uh, trust me. So here's the deal. When we pray, man, when we pray, we get so much more than what we ask because we go in there thinking this is what we're going to ask. And, the, and God sees it so different than we see it. Can I just end with that? We, we go to God, and we, we really have this idea that we're doing God a favor because we're going to spend time with him in prayer. Can I just be honest? And God's like, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this prayer time a whole lot more than they are. And as we're in there praying, man, he does so much in us, so much in us. So, friends, be a man or a woman of prayer. And don't have an agenda and don't have a schedule and don't have a clock and remember who you're talking to. And if you go in there and you ask because you already know his will and it happens, 
and then you go in there and you ask because, and you, and, you, and you don't know his will, so you have to seek a little deeper, don't quit. And if it comes a time where you have to just go a little bit deeper and you've got to knock and knock and knock and knock and knock and steal nothing, just don't stop knocking because it's going to be open to you. But the time that it takes to get that door open is the time it's going to take for God to change your heart to match the will in which he's about to unpack for you. Because I'm going to tell you, and I've said this before, some of my best prayers were no's, and I didn't even know it. The answer was no. I didn't like it, but it was the best no I've ever heard in my life. And I'm so thankful for it. So don't get mad at God. Go deep in your prayer. Be fervent in your prayer. Be steady in your prayer. And know that praying is not about changing things, but it's about changing me. Or if you'll go in that way, you'll come out rich. See, it's about the throne room of the Father. It's about fervently being humble before the God, the creator of all creation. And you know who you're talking to, and you're the grain of sand, and you are in his presence. And I'm going to tell you, he changes you. He doesn't always change the things. He changes you and how we see the things and how we respond to the things. Let's pray together as we go to invitation. Father, this morning, your word's simple, and we probably could have just read the passage and been done. But, Father, there are levels of prayer, and there's levels of prayers because there's levels that we need to go to in our relationship with you, Father. We, we know we need to ask. May we be a people that always ask. But may we be a people also that don't know, when we don't know his will, we seek. We seek his presence. And, God, maybe sometimes we know the will is that you answer us. We know you hear us. But we, we're not getting the answer, and we haven't gotten it for a long time. But, Father, your word continues to tell us to keep knocking, knocking, knocking. I know the story of many, many, many sons and daughters whose parents prayed for 10, 20, 30 years for their kids' salvation. And when they, lo and behold, least expected that their son or daughter got saved. Don't ever stop praying, man. Don't ever stop praying. But, God... I pray that when we pray, we understand that there's so much more going on than just prayer itself. That you're after our heart, Lord, not our happiness. You're after our heart. God, I pray that we would allow you to match our heart with your heart. God, this morning, even though we've talked about prayer and all this other stuff, God, I pray for the person or persons in this room that has never prayed the first step of prayer, just to ask your salvation. Father, if there's anybody in this room that's not saved, doesn't know you, Father, I pray this morning they'll cry out to you and ask you to save them. Father, I pray for the family that's been coming a while looking for a church home, feels they've been led here, Father, they'd come this morning. Father, the altar's open. People want to pray for you. God, I pray that you will send us this morning, move us this morning. God, make us obedient this morning. In Christ's name.